it's a hard sport. I, you can't win them all. These guys are ever, it's so hard to win these races, man. It's these wins are hard to come by and it just didn't happen. But for Briar to just cold as ice, man, just go out there and just fucking get it done. It just says so much about his mental toughness. Episode 102. We are in the triple digits. Tanks Latin Podcast. Again, I appreciate everybody for being patient as we took a little bit of time off. We did the Ryan Varnes episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, and we're back with uh, regularly scheduled programming. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Port Royal Half Mile. Sorry about the, we're a little bit, a few days after the fact. But anyway, nonetheless, you got your pod. On the other side of the mic, back on and back at it, Robbie Bobby McClendon. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, brother? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, kind of excited. I got a big, big, big sale tomorrow. I need some inventory. So, But I'm happy I haven't been able to talk flat track too long. Or seems like forever, for whatever reason. I don't know why. But, uh, but yeah, it feels good to talk flat track again. Yeah, absolutely. We're back at it. Um we had man we had some a lot of events since we we took some time off but we had we well, obviously we had weed weed sport we had the amateur nationals and we had the port royal half mile and i guess we'll talk briefly about the amateur nationals um i didn't make it out uh there was a lot going on around that time and i just i didn't make it out for that but you were there you're helping out with the event so anything you want to talk about with that anything stand out i was following results throughout the week um they had the the short track, the TT, half mile and the mile. So there was a lot of really good amateur riders out there. The number count wasn't astonishing, but the people that showed up, there was some good talent there, man. And uh, yeah, you were you were there all week. What was your job too? Because I really, I don't know exactly what you did, but you were there helping all week. <laughs> yeah, I, I had many many hats on, man. I think my my official job title was. Uh was uh, to do with uh, track safety, like making sure there's adequate runoff, adequate, you know, hay bales, air fence, all that kind of stuff, which, uh, which we only had a few wrecks. Um, but luckily, uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing major of any, any sort to report on, but, and like you said, the talent is crazy all the way through the fields, man. It's, uh, the, the sports in good hands. Um, Horizon Award, man, it was a, it was definitely a barn burner. There was so, you know, I don't know if we should talk on this too long, but man, it, it's really to know what the Horizon Award encompasses for so long. I thought it was just like, oh, he's got the most points. He did the best results. But I found out from a couple other riders <clears throat> that that's not the case. But um, the talent level is so high right now. Um, I'm really looking forward to, I think there's probably going to be, I would think at least three or four amateurs turning pro soon. Um, and then within the next couple of years, the same, same big old batch again, or not the same big old batch, but uh, another batch that are on two fifties and first time four fifties. And you got the 85 kids. You know what? There is, there is a lot of 65 fast kids out there. Did you know that? Cause usually down here in the South, unfortunately, we don't get a lot of 65s, but what about you? Do you see a lot of 65s? Uh, not really. It's kind of an oddball bike. Um, I think 65s are actually harder to ride than an 85. Um, 
seems like the 65 cc bikes they don't have as good of tires and the wheelbase is a little bit shorter maybe um i know when i had a kx60 that thing was a handful that bike probably made me quit racing for as long as i did that kx60 with the the strap on the back seat that was a mean <laughs> a mean little bike but no i mean i like you said dude uh there was a, a lot of good talent the horizon award definitely want to shout out clark morian he's a he's a really nice kid i got to chat with him at greenville a little bit he's a solid competitor naturally rounded athlete i know he runs track cross country we we kind of chatted about that because i like to run and um, basketball he plays really competitive basketball and he's a solid rider he had some really good rides um actually the short track is where he i think he did the best and actually his usually his best track are the cushion half miles and he actually struggled on the cushion half miles, but, um, yeah, no shout out to Clark Morian. It was probably the toughest horizon award to pick. Um, and honestly, I think a lot goes into that award and it's just kind of like, there's more that goes into it than how it actually translates to success at the pro level. Like it's a cool award to win, but it, there's so many gray areas to winning that award. And there's just a lot going on. Like you mentioned, it's not just result-based and you can make a solid argument for, for different kids every year. Um, but I will say Clarkie is definitely deserving of winning the award. He's a good rider. He's a good kid. And uh, I, I guess he's going to probably move pro. I've talked to him a little bit. He's going to move pro. I know he's going to be at the um, escape the bird race that I'm putting on in October. So if you guys, want to come watch Clark race. He'll be at that event. That's one of his local tracks, but yeah, no shout out to Clark. Um, well-deserved. If you guys get a chance to meet him, go, uh, go, go talk to him a little bit and his family. They're, they're really cool. Um, but yeah, that award is, like I said, man, it's, it's just really subjective. Like it's, it's nothing to stress over for these kids. Like it, at that age, like I was the same way. It's the be all award. Like if you, you know, you're so focused on winning that award that when you don't win it, you feel, you feel failed, um, or you feel like a failure, but man, there's so many of those kids that have won that who <laughs> didn't even go pro or they went pro for one year. And then there's kids who, um, who won it, who are successful. You still have the Briar Bauman's obviously, and the Nikki Hayden and the Dallas Daniels and, um, Jared Meese. There is a lot of, you know, fast kids that have won that award that have gone, gone on to do great things, but there's also a lot of kids who haven't won it, um, who've gone on to be successful as well. Yeah, for sure, man. And it's, uh, you know, I've, I've read multiple threads here and there and like, I try not to, it, it doesn't really get to me or anything, but it's just, um, I wish that there was more people that, and I was one of them too. I'll be completely honest with you, man, even up to the event this year before I got asked to be involved, you know, it was, uh, um, I sincerely can honestly admit that I thought it was just results based and I didn't do, uh, my homework until I got to the nationals and, and, and they kind of showed me. And the cool thing was that, it means so much to have the Hayden name behind it. Um, I don't know how many people know that or not, but um, Earl actually was instrumental in getting the award, um, it, it kind of giving it another meaning and purpose, so to speak. And, you know, there's, man, I can just tell in the future there's going to be so many more battles to come in because we could talk about amateur nationals all day. But when I say next year's 450 riders, I know we got Renshaw, Fanders, a um, couple of California kids I was told about. Then you got all these 250 kids coming through, like King and Reese. And um, I think Costin's going to be on a 250 at some point soon. Porter, the Alabama Slammer. I mean, dude, 
And then, like I said, the 65s, I've never seen that many 65s. We actually had semis that for 65s, Corey, if you can believe that. Like, it, it's, I always no, thought that's that was cool. cool. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. I was following the results a little bit. It was cool. There was a lot of cool things with that event. Obviously, I think there's some things they can do better. Um, I would, you know, if, if, if anyone ever asked me, I would um, be happy to kind of give some insight on, on that event. I just think that event should be the most prestigious event of the entire year. And it just didn't seem like it was a must attend event this year. Um, a lot of people, a lot of good amateur riders were there, but there's a lot of good amateur riders that didn't go. Um, For sure. so there's, yeah. yeah, it needs, they need to figure out a way to, it needs to be, a a must attend event. Like they did a lot of really cool things this year. Um, and I think there's some things they can definitely do better to, just inch its way closer to the prestige of like Loretta Lynn. So uh, I'm a big yeah. advocate of amateur racing and uh, we probably could have did a whole podcast on amateur nationals, but definitely moving forward. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that event grows. Like I said, the rider count wasn't amazing. I think it was right around 200 for the week um, every day, but it's um, it definitely got a lot of potential and I think they can, I think they took some good steps forward with it, but I think they can definitely improve as well. So we'll see how that goes. Um, shout out to everybody yeah. who, who did well. You mentioned, uh, we talked about Clark Morian and then, uh, the youth rider of the year was Sam, Sam drain, uh, Tom drains, little brother actually won oh. it. So a shout out. Well deserved. Yeah. Aussie kid coming over, investing all that time and money. They were here for about a month and, uh, it's, it's cool to have, have, uh, have him win that youth award. And yeah, the shout out to my kids, um, Evan Renshaw, he had a, honestly, it was a pretty shitty week. It was about as bad as it could go for him. I was, we were expecting a, a lot better results and for, uh, just the week he had, he still won a title and got a couple seconds and he got a third. So it wasn't horrific, but yeah, definitely it was a tough week for him, but it, my podcast. So I want, I want to give a shout out to my kids, Evan Renshaw and then Ryder Reese. I help out quite a bit as well. And he was able to win a 250 title, which first year on 250, he wanted, he won a championship and finished second. I was really proud of Ryder. And I didn't do my, my amateur team this year, Rob, I had my, my team CTR elite team I've done for three or four years, but man, with my last season and my little, my little guy cruise racing, um, I have so much going on this year. I just wasn't able to put my amateur team together. Um, formally like I still try and help out as many kids as I can but formally it just wasn't wasn't in the cards and I'd like to you know consider doing something more with the amateurs but um yeah sometimes sometimes I would get frustrated with certain levels of dedication from the amateur kids like they all want to you know they all want to be pros they all want to go to the next level and they talk about it but so it's really hard to get these kids to show that effort and that's something I think um you know, I, I want to work with is, uh, is just them understanding that it takes effort to be successful. And, uh, that's something I think all the amateur riders can uh, work on moving forward. So anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Port Royal, Rob, any, uh, I, I guess the first thing we can chat on Port Royal is let's talk about the track. We always kind of bitch or compliment the track. Um, Port Royal, what are your thoughts on the, tra on the track side of things? And then we'll run through the classes. Yeah, man, I, I actually like that track. I, from a standpoint of never having raced on that track, I can say I like it. I like those tracks that get hard and kind of seemingly slicked off to where you're constantly moving the lines around. Perfect example, you know, the singles race, Cody, Dalton, Chase, you know, they were all four trying different lines. Uh, Maxwell, they're all four trying different lines. And that's what I like uh, 
I like when a track does that, you know, because a lot of times, as we've seen, you know, some car tracks tend to turn into a, you know, a bottom line, you know, like Texas, for example, you know, don't even think, don't even look at outside that groove, which, you know, wasn't even that good of a groove. But this weekend, the track looks like it has a groove, but it's a slick groove, so to speak. So um, track prep, I, I think they did a jam up job. Um, not a lot of people know this either, but uh, and I don't know if I'm allowed to even say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But uh, for all you listeners, um, there's no chemicals allowed on that track whatsoever. Um, this year, so uh, I don't know. I didn't ask for any. Last year, they. I was going to mention that actually. Last year, I'm almost certain, ninety five percent sure that they were allowed to use calcium last year, and then this year they pulled the plug. They said it messed it up for the cars, and they pulled the plug and they didn't allow calcium. Yeah, you you might have more insight because you were on the committee last year. Um, I'm just joining it for the first time this year. Different committee, but. Um, so I don't I don't know. All I know is that I physically was close enough to the track guy when he said that uh, you know straight 100% water that they pump into their I don't know if they have a well or whatever it is. But uh, um, that being said, though you know without any chemicals um, I don't know what um, you know I don't know what they can do. The only thing I would like to see and this is not a jab at AFT. This is not a jab at track prep. This is actually kind of more of a jab at the riders. But and I know we can only do so much and I've got a few little ideas, but I would love to see the riders not so close to the outside wall, like on the exits. And and that's nothing anybody can do right now, because sometimes that turns into the fast line. But if I were to change anything, I would like to kind of really be able to take a look and see what we could do to address that just to maybe keep them a little bit lower. But you're a rider, Corey. You give us your thoughts on it. Yeah, Um no, I I thought the track was okay. It 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 wasn't as good as last year in my opinion. Uh, the, the dirt, it's I don't even know how to describe it really. Um, I'm going to use kind of this adjective. It seemed a little stale. Uh, last year, I felt like the track you could you could go into the corners harder. You could kind of race the track harder. And I didn't look at lap times to see what the comparison was, but the, I'm I'm about to do that right now. Go ahead. Yeah, keep you look at that while I'm talking. But yeah, the dirt it just seems stale to me. Um, it was a little inconsistent. Like the track was getting dry in some parts. And then like in the middle of three and four all day, there was like a little um, mushy wet patch and it would like kind of get a little rough through the middle. So a lot of riders were riding above it or below it. So uh, I didn't love it. I, I thought the track prep was fine. Um, so when I say I don't love, when I like or lo- don't like the track, it doesn't mean the track prep's bad. Like I, I thought they did, um, really good as far as the track prep goes for what they had to work with. I just didn't, I didn't love it. Um, just because it felt really dry to me, like in the main events, I was struggling. Like we'll go, we'll talk about, you know, me a little bit in the production class, but yeah, I was really, you know, I just thought the track was a little, a little dry. Um, where last year we, I felt like it had a little bit more moisture in it. Um, maybe the, the weather, which, uh, we actually avoided a lot of weather. I had a lot of people text me like, Hey, are you still running? Uh, it's, you know, it's raining all the way up to the track. And I was like, ah, dude, it didn't rain, really rain at all. So, um, yeah, track itself, it, it's cool. It's a nice facility. I love racing in Pennsylvania. Uh, it was really cool to, to be in PA. Um, with that said, sometimes it kind of is overwhelming to race so close to home because, I have people in my pits all day, my family, like my extended family, my friends. And <laughs> like there was a point, like everybody, I have like, we have like 10 chairs in our pit, like the, the lounge part of the pit. And I, there was, wasn't one chair available. I'm like, all right, guys, like this, uh, this little area here is kind of like my office. 
for the day and I just need a chair and I need everything picked up off the floor. People had their drinks on my table. So I had to go, I had to go business mode for a minute because it was just a little bit overwhelming. But with that being said, that my last race in PA, having my family and friends there, it, it was really cool. Um, I love seeing, I love having the people I love come watch me race because obviously they they can't come to all the races, but um, no, it was cool, man. They did a good job. The track was, was all right. Um, they prepped it well. You hear something cool? And yeah, it was cool. Uh, you want to hear sure. something even cooler though? It's probably a smartest comment, but. No, no, it's not. Uh, not at all. Um, I'm just comparing, uh, we're going to do consistently last two years the most consistent is obviously briar then jared Mees, then jared vanderkoy um so briar and briar was slower this year by about three ten his we're just going by best laps folks we're not going to sit here and analyze for an hour like each individual lap so we're going off best laps briar's best lap this year was a 25-4 last year it was a 25-1 uh jared Mees, funny enough best time 25-3 Last year, this year, 25-3. So Jared stayed consistent. And then Vanderkoy did a 25-6 this year to be second place and then finished fourth last year with a 25-2. So he was four-tenths best. So it's pretty neat. So, it was, I mean, can you say it was slower or can you say it was more consistent and slower? Or, you know, who knows? You know, you can never really tell. But a half a second between the years, that's a whole year of different shit being on that track different time frames, different, you know, temperatures and everything. So I'll say four tenths is still pretty consistent um, from a track prep standpoint, especially without calcium, you know, so that could be, that could be right there. Um, but anyway, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? That's some cool data. Yeah, no. And yeah, I mean, last year I felt, I felt really good there all weekend. Uh, I thought I actually, I mean, let's look at, I'm gonna look at production while you're talking real quick. Yeah, I, I felt I'm going to interrupt you in a minute. You're good. I felt really, I felt a lot better there last year. Like I felt like I was more in contention to win where this year we had a similar setup. Um, and I just felt oh, like, you're not gonna like this. I felt like I was off all day. You're not gonna like this at all. I don't, this doesn't really affect me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to do consistency this class because last year, um, Dalton won this race. Uh, so we can't really, he didn't race this year and except for in singles, but he did a 25 flat last year, which is, you know, we all know, haha, it's the same, but it's not the same because that's as faster, faster than Briar went. Um, but this year, 25 six, so the production bikes, and of course, they could have done different track prep in between the races, too. What so, did I do last year compared to each? No, hold, hold on. I just want you to know real quick that, that Dalton was. Three tenths faster than you. You did a twenty-five two eight. He did a twenty-five flat. So you need to pick it up a little bit because theoretically Dalton would have won this year uh, by my scientific experiment here. But let's see. <laughs> I crack myself up. Last People year he like, did a twenty. Yeah, yeah, he would like the lap time. <laughs> I know. So, I know. Like, he would have beat Dalton. Would have won the Super Twins last year. He was faster. Yeah, than I water. know. Damn it, we just couldn't get the Super Twins wins. They were a little bit harder to go by. Um, all right, so you did a 25-2 last year. Let's, let's fuck 20, with you. I did a 25-8 this year. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. Six I'm telling you, though, last year but, the track was, at least for our main, like I think they watered it prior to our main. Um, probably, yeah. And, well, they did, I remember. And, yeah, I guess it was I guess it was a little faster. But, anyway, whatever. I mean, the track was good. It's, it's a good track. I, I'm glad we – I'm glad we go to that facility and uh yeah no track was hey 
Um, we didn't do okay. Anyway, track prep, all good. Sorry. Yeah, we're we're gonna go through the classes, but uh, real fast. Um, it the obviously the memorial stuff we did for Ryan was I've never seen anything like that. And I, we talk about we talk about a lot in Ryan's episode on here. Um, if you guys get a chance, go through and and listen to that. Um, Ryan, we had um. Jen, his girlfriend, come on the podcast. We had Sammy Sabedra, we had Briar Bauman, and we had Jordan Harris, who, um, man, there's so many people I could bring on. And I want to keep doing maybe a show every year about Ryan, just because he was such a, he was one of, he's my little brother. And so we, we have a, we had a really strong relationship. Um, but we, that podcast was great. I appreciate those people for coming on. So if you get a chance, go listen to that one as well. Some really funny, stories were shared and just a celebration of, uh, of Ryan Barnes. So you get a chance, um, you know, that, and that's, what's taken us so long with this podcast. Like I, I kind of anticipated, I wanted to do a show last week and you were at amateur nationals. And I actually talked to Sammy Halbert and he was more and more than willing and ready to come on. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. It just wasn't the right time for me. So, um, but anyway, moving forward, um, the memorial, the memorial lap we did for Ryan, all the riders wearing the 68 plates. I've never seen anything like that. And it was just amazing to see. Um, it, it was surreal. It, it was, it was honestly tough for me to like do that memorial lap and then go out and race just the emotion and just, I don't know, man, like aside from anything to do with Ryan, the, um, the, the togetherness of the paddock is something I've never seen before. And maybe this is such a weird comparison. Um, but I'm, it's how I feel. It kind of reminded me, Rob, of like, kind of after like nine 11, like when everybody in America got together and it was just like a, a really united time for the United States. It's kind of was like a similar feel, like everybody came together and, you know, restrictor plates, fucking rules, nothing mattered at that point. Everybody rolled up with the same 68 on their plate. And that was just really, really special for, I'm sure for the Varnes family. Yeah. But me too, just like, just seeing that was, uh, was iconic. Yeah, for sure, man. I think, uh, um, man, it's hard to talk about obviously, but, uh, the fact that so many people participated and love that kid and, and, and I didn't know him other than just at the track, like you guys did. So I don't want to speak on his personality or anything. I'm just going to absolutely take y'all's words as his, closest friends but man the dude just nobody ever i've never heard anybody say oh ryan Barnes did this or that like on track he was always like pretty straight up dude on the track always had a seemed to have a smile on his face and you know watching the videos that so many people share like i think it kind of gave them another glimpse into into Barnes because you told me some stuff they're like i don't know if i like that or this or that and like i don't have an opinion on it because you know i didn't know him but uh but man, nobody can doubt that uh, his his family and his family's taking it pretty hard right now, which is understandable, especially by such a good 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 dude. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast um, with with uh, with all you guys on there to hear some more good stories. I know there's going to be some. Yeah, there's a lot of really good off the racetrack stories, and there is so much more to Ryan than just Ryan the racer, and that's what we wanted to share. But yeah, I wanted to touch upon that on this podcast as well because that whole that whole deal was, was really special. Just, um, and then Jen getting the, uh, Ryan's girlfriend, Jen Hoshauer getting the, the victory lap with Briar. And that was something me and Briar talked about. It's like, man, if we get a win, like let's give Jen a lap. 
And honestly, man, it put a lot of pressure on me. Like I was, I was just kind of zoned in on just wanting to do well for, for the family and for, um, for Jen, I really wanted to get her a lap. And when I wasn't able to get it done, obviously the emotion was, was a little, you know, tough for me. I feel like I failed. <laughs> it's a hard sport. I, you can't win them all. These guys are ever, it's so hard to win these races, man. It's these wins are hard to come by and it just didn't happen. But for Briar to just cold as ice, man, just go out there and just fucking get it done. It just says so much about his mental toughness and, We'll talk about the super twins main, but that was special as well. But yeah, let's roll through these mains. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll touch upon each one, uh, production twins, Rob, um, Janish took the win. Uh, he was strong all day. That bike is, it just seems like they've made a lot of gains on that bike since, since last year, like every year that bike gets better. And I really think they're, they're starting to figure it out year after year. They have a lot of development and testing and, a top of the line race shop and mechanics and Jesse's a top of the line rider who is smooth and he's got a lot of race craft and experience and they were tough all day. And I knew it was going to be a tough, a tough deal after practicing qualifying to just have anything on them. Um, and Bromley, it's cool to have Bromley back in the sport. It's cool to have him on the starting line because the talent is it's, there's no question on his talent. Um, for whatever reason, we've never, I mean, we grew up together, actually. I have a, a lot of photos of, of the number four Suzuki bike in our pits as amateurs, but for whatever reason, we um, never got along super well as pros. Um, I got a lot of respect for him, and uh, I like him on the grid, win or lose. It's, it's cool to have, I like uh, being challenged. I like good talent on the grid, and yeah, he's, he's done well so far this year in the races he's done, and he surprised me a little bit. You know, I knew he'd be tough, but he led, he led a lot of laps in that race. So, um, he was on his J and M frame Yamaha. I was on my C and J. So same engine package, a little bit different frame. And yeah, he was solid. He, uh, was up front the first half of the race. And toward the end, I felt like we were similar ish pace. I actually had a couple laps that were decent, but, um, yeah, he, he had a solid second. Um, and then I finished third I won't talk about myself too much, Rob. Um, I just struggled. Like I was honestly surprised anybody finished behind me after that race. Like it was the worst I've felt on that bike in a long time. Um, and I tried different shit. Like I tried the high line in the semi I tried, I mean, I was probably closer to the air fence than almost anybody at one point in that semi, I was trying everything I could and yeah, just struggled a bit. So Third for me, Raspoli was fourth. He won his semi. Um, I had a lot of fun with him in that semi. That that KTM, once they figure out that chassis, that thing's going to be a weapon. I mean, it, it works so good off the corner, and uh, it's got a lot of potential there. And then Mikey Rush, actually, one point in the main event, Mikey passed me. It was, like, early on in the race. Um, so it's cool to another, – another guy we need on the grid, Mikey Rush, just so talented. Just – he's won races at pretty much – in every class, you know, he's – phenomenal rider on an xg 750 so um it was cool to see mikey mikey get a, another top five yeah for sure man i like uh i mean I, i'm not surprised that the, the top five it could have been um you know the results could have been shuffled around either way i know you're not too thrilled with third but uh being on the podium is huge for for points um agree 100 percent having bromley back i'm uh, i was excited to see that at laconia and and I think I might have heard some rumors or rumblings that it's going to be the the rest of the season. I, I mean, 
I, I hope it is. Um, you know, he did say he was stepping back a little bit, but, um, you know, I think more riders on the grid is always a good thing. And, and he's clearly uh, one of the best out there in that class. Like he's, he's definitely got some speed. Uh, Janish, no surprise there. You know, I, him and you were my, my picks um, pretty much at any, any car track on the schedule at all. And um, didn't really surprise me. I know those guys work very, very hard. Um, and, uh, and he's clearly gelling with it. And I'm, I'm tell you what I'm most excited coming up is going to be seeing the, um, the production twins, super twins final at uh, Peoria coming up. Cause I mean, it's going to be good. I don't know. You think, you think uh, Janice or anybody could be a factor in the super twins? Cause I see everybody talking about it online. I saw that. And I just didn't think that was fair to put the pressure on Jesse to uh, go into the super twins class and, I think like there was a poll and I was actually just talking to Jesse yesterday. I said, Hey man, there's some people that, that think he can win production and then line up from the fourth row and win super twins and so no pressure. And uh, he kind of laughed because like the guys that run super twins at the front um, and even at Peoria, like you have Dallas, you have Briar, you have Wiles making a return. You have Jared Meese and you have JD like those guys are as solid as they come at Peoria. So realistically, um, if he could sneak in the top five, that'd be, I'd be very impressed. Um, he's fast. That'd be a win, dude, because that's a tough dude. It's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's, he's so fast on that track, Jesse. He's, he's great. I know he's excited about it. Um, but to beat those guys, even lining up on the same row, is a tall order. And then you have guys like Vandercoy and Bronson and guys at a podium there that they're no slouch too. So it's uh yeah, it's for the super twins class. That's a, that's a tall order, but um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't, like I said, I'm not great with making predictions. I got to focus on what I'm doing, but um, now I talked to Jesse yesterday and we're, you know, we talk quite a bit and it's uh yeah, I just, told him to keep doing what you're doing, man. It's, uh, it's cool to see, even though you're, you're, uh, taking, taking points and money away from me. It's, uh, I appreciate the hard work and, uh, you know, your team is, uh, it's making me better. So anyway, production twins was cool. Uh, going down the list. Um, nothing really stands out really. Um, Cameron Smith was ninth on the infield. Uh, Wells, he got a 10th Ben Lowe. Cody Johncox had a pretty solid ride with an eighth um Zabala sixth um Billy Ross 11th I mean dude this class is it's it's tougher than people give it credit for like you look down at Cameron Smith in ninth Wells in 10th Billy Ross in 11th Nick Armstrong in 12th I mean those guys in 11th and 12th they've won races this year in this class so yeah um yeah I mean there's there's good talent it's some of the guys struggle with the consistency it's hard to be consistent every week at this level I mean you look at any class and if you're consistently up front, dude, you're, you're putting the work in. So no, nah, it's, it'll be a interesting last half of the race here. Um, like I said, it's cool to see Bromley back. Um, yeah. And then moving forward, maybe we'll have some different guys show up for Peoria and Springfield. Um, it gets tough at the end of the year with budgets and a lot of the West coast races. It's, it's just tough to get, get people out there. So um, I know, yeah. man, I hope we get good turnouts, man. I really do. I, I want to see a, I want to see a strong West coast. Yeah. So let's move um, to, uh, anything else you want to talk about there and move to singles? No, no, I'm good. Let's go to singles and see what we got. All right. Singles, Cody cop. Um, I'm honestly, super surprised. 
Uh, I'll let you start and then I'll let you go down the list. Do you have it in front of you or do you want me to go off? No, I I got it right here, man. I'm good to go. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, um, Cody Cop, no surprise there. Uh, He's he's been uh, on a tear Um, and it's just a perfect case of putting all the pieces together and just seems like the whole team's working well together. Those all pretty, pretty good, solid dudes over there. I like, I like every one of those guys. Um, but what I am happy to see is, is the guys in second, third, fourth, you know, fifth closer to him. Um, you know, the last couple of races has arguably been kind of a snooze fest, uh, in my mind, unfortunately. Um, and, and Port Royal, it was one of them cases where, man, if we could just get him to make a little slip up, you know, we're there. Or if Dalton makes a slip up, Max is right there. Or if Max makes a slip up, Chase is right there. You know I mean? The top four were only separated by a little over a second, I believe, at the line. So even though the – I don't even think the – did they even – I don't even think they – I know you're busy and stuff, but thinking back through the race, I don't know if the top four ever changed positions. Definitely, I don't think, in the last half of the race. I got um, to watch it, actually. I know, like, I sat in the stands and I – with my family, and I kind of – uh, took in the singles main for the first time in a while. So, um, I have some insight on it, but no, I'll just answer that quick. They, uh, they pretty much stayed nose to tail. There wasn't, they were close, like, but not a lot of passing really. Yeah. Nobody, nobody showed anybody a wheel, but also nobody made a mistake. You know, it's one of them, the times look pretty dang consistent throughout, you know, 25 fours, 25 fives for the top, the top five. So, uh, Trent looks like he kind of, moseyed around there by himself in fifth and then uh i want to say man there was a good battle maybe like merg ott kitchen um i want to say there's like four or five dudes that were actually having a hell of a good looking little battle um you know mid mid packish i was gonna say but uh um yeah uh nothing real surprising i mean other than i'm a little su- surprised to see morgan struggle a little bit on the car track that seems to be his specialty and a seventh for him is not, you know, where, where I think he wants to be on a car track specifically. But, um, but like I said, last time we talked, man, everybody's got to figure out something to do with, uh, with that number 12 orange bike, man. That thing is, uh, just the team's working well, he's working well and he's, he's just a good kid too. So it's, uh, takes a little bit of the sting off, but not much. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year he got second there as his first podium. So going into this, this race, I knew he was going to do well. And actually, um, want to give a shout out to Cody, um, after Weedsport, um, he came and stayed with me for two weeks prior to Port Royal. So a lot of emotions for me. Um, but having Cody there to kind of take my mind off things and have somebody to ride with. And I guess I'll say train with, even though he's, you know, he's, he can't hang. He's kind of just like, you know, I have to like, you know, pull the tow rope out on the bicycle. And like, I, when we went running, Rob, I would wear my, I'd wear my motocross boots. He'd wear his sneakers just so it was like a fair, a fair <laughs> thing. No, I'm just kidding. Sounds about uh, right. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, he, it was cool to have him there and uh, work with him a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was cool, man. He's a good kid. Uh, pain in the ass, uh, <laughs> ready to lock him in his room, but it was cool to have him there. And then Trent came the second week and, and hung out. So I had Trent and Cody there, but yeah, he's confident. He is, he rides the shit out of that bike, but he's smooth. He could, I could see him keeping this thing going. Like there's really no weaknesses on the schedule. I mean, last year, Peoria, he was really fast. He could very well win Peoria. He could go rapid city. He could win that castle rock is kind of his home race. He could win that. Like he, 
he's got the potential, but no, for him, I think just having fun and, and just riding the bike, not worrying about points. A lot of these kids, man, I I've said it before, like they're so worried about points. Like they don't take the race. They don't take it on a race by race basis. Um, they just overthinking the points and that can bite you. And I don't think Cody gives a fuck about the points. Like, I think he's just racing every race to try and win. Um, so yeah, you start overthinking it, it, it can get you. And Cody's got, uh, he's got the right mindset. So Dalton, it was cool to see him competitive, um, getting, getting a second, uh, Max. Yeah. Max as well. Coming off an injury. It was cool to see him back in the mix. That's kind of a track that Max does well on, uh, never really challenged, for the win but him dalton and chase and trent actually they were nose to tail for a while so um it started to space out a little at the end but yeah cool to see max his legs still like it's probably 60 percent, dude like for him to gut it out and get a third was cool chase is starting to come into his own uh i don't expect him to be too farther down the list the rest of the year on the results he's pretty much he has it figured out now. Um, he's going to be up front every week, which makes it tough for the other guys. Trent, Trevor Bruner. I mean, you look at the list here, like Morgan got seventh, but everybody that beat him is they're fast. So it's, yeah, it's just yeah. not easy. It's not like a, any, anybody weird finished ahead of him. I mean, you got Trevor Bruner finished six, Trent, Chase, Max. I'm um, looking at, you know, I'm trying to think of the horizon award. Well, I guess there's only three, only three. Well, Trevor. Well, because Trent Chase, was Curry, with Dallas. Yeah, Trent was with uh, Dallas and Kitchen. Dalton and, didn't uh, win it. I'm trying to think who Dalton lost it to. He lost it to somebody weird. Hunter. Not weird, uh, but like a uh, somebody doesn't race. Hunter. Him. Hunter. Um, Brooks. No. Goodman, Hunter, oh, Edwards. Hunter Edwards. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, looking down the list, James Ott eighth. Uh, pretty solid result for James. He's he's been pretty consistent all year. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good to see that too. Another any California guy. Yeah. Yeah. And his dad, Paul is a really big part of what we do at G and G racing. I talked to Paul a couple times a week and he's been, uh, without Paul, we we'd even be farther off than we are. Like he's been, um, you know, he's got the bikes the best they've ever been for me. And, um, yeah, shout out to Paul, but yeah, that's his, uh, his boy, James really good rider, man. He's, he's got a lot of potential. So he finished eighth kitchen ninth. Uh, he was dicey. That was cool to see him back in the mix. Hunter Bauer. Um, yeah, no, no big surprises. Honestly, everything kind of, kind of turnkey on the on the singles class. Nothing really to, nothing really to talk about. Um, yeah, yeah, so, it was. Yeah. It was one of the ones where I'm like, man, this. It was a good race. It was just a boring race, kind of. You know, to, at least the top four or five guys. You know, like I said, I found myself, you know, glancing back and watching Merg and Ott and BK and uh, Bauer, you know, squaring up back there. But, yeah, they, uh, they rode yeah. different lines. Like uh, Dalton was kind of lower for a minute. Then he moved high. Uh, Cody kind of stayed pretty high the whole time. I did see him shift his line, maybe a couple bike links at some point in the race. He was a little too high. And he moved down a little. So I, I saw him kind of notice that. And that track there, it's a really hard track to lead on because of the different line choices. Guys can move their line. Uh, if you're leading, you don't really move your line because you're leading. You don't really, you know, you don't avert what you're doing until you're getting past. So for the people following, it's easy to try different shit and then see what it's working. Um, so for Cody to kind of make that adjustment on his own was a, was a really veteran move. Um, yeah. And it paid off for me. Like slowly started to kind of 
pull away there a little bit. Um, so anyway, yeah, good, good race. Cody's got a solid points lead. Uh, like I said, I, I know he's not focused on that, but it's uh, when you have a points lead like that, it does take a lot of pressure off and you can just ride. So yeah. Hats off to yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, super twins. Briar, like I said, we, we mentioned it a little bit cold as ice to uh, go out there and get that win back-to-back wins for Briar. Yep. He, uh, he, he put in a performance and I mean, it only, it only showed two seconds, but uh, Briar's really good uh, about maintaining, I guess is the best word on that. Cause you know, I'm sure if he needed to take a few more tents off, he, he, he might could have. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but I was also really happy to see Vanderbooger back up on the podium too, man. Uh, I love that guy. He's, uh, he's just a good all around dude. Silly as all get out, call him captain chaos, but he's just, uh, just an awesome dude. And, and I'm happy to see him on the podium. Well, he um, passed Meese. like, yeah, very know, rare it. that Meese gets passed, especially on a clay half mile and yeah. Vanderkoy passed him. Like, you know, it was, it was a, one of the best rides I've seen him in a long time, maybe even better than the Weedsport ride, just because, you know, Mises, the fitness level is, is there. And Vanderkoy, that's one thing I really feel he can do a little bit better. I think he can really work on that part of his um, riding. Not that he's out of shape, like he's underrated uh, for what he does, but he could definitely be stronger. But in that race, he charged the whole race and he made a, made a move on Jared and rode the shit out of that thing. Like, yeah, he rode great. So, um, but for me, it's like an off day finishing third, uh, not too shabby. I know he's a little probably annoyed. He's gotten third a few times now. So he's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough for, for somebody like him, especially on these tracks. He probably thinks that he could have probably won the last three and he finished third. So I know he's, he's thinking, trying to figure some things out. Dallas finished fourth. The Yamahas weren't really in the mix to win, uh, but competitive nonetheless. Brandon fifth, Jesse. A shout out to Jesse, man. Holy shit, dude. Come in. It I like when these guys are are doing so well, these production guys in the Super Twins main, because it shows how hard our class is. Like for Jesse and Bromley to finish sixth and seventh, it shows how good, how good they're riding. Um I think it shows more on, on how they're, how some of these guys are riding than how close the bikes are. Cause, um, you know, I don't think there's anything special sure. about Bromley's Yamaha. Uh, I just, think, on, I'm going to look yeah. real quick and I'm just curious real quick. Janish did a 25, eight, eight in the super twins. Let's see what he did in the production twins. I think they did 25 sixes him and Bromley. Cause I did a 25, eight in the, in our main. Just hold on a second. I'm telling you, look all you want. Twenty-five sixty-six. So two tenths slower. I mean, we still don't know. I mean, the track is he allowed to be on the same bike? Uh, I think he switches. I think he switches bikes. Bromley was on the same bike. I'm pretty certain, but I'm pretty sure Janish. I think they switch bikes for the challenge, but I'm not not positive on that. Um. But, yeah, I don't want to start a rumor. I'm just, I'm just curious if any other variables. I would imagine, obviously, they'd probably do the normal check. The you got to run the production bike. Like you can't run a different bike. But I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't even, I didn't even ask him. Like I don't know what they I mean, do. In theory, in theory, you should be able to because Super Twins can go to their backup bike 
like any time, right? So yeah, but like we have to go by production twins rules, which really are they're not. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there's any huge benefit to running a super twins rules package on the XG. I think, you know, I don't I don't think Jesse's bike is actually I don't not to be not to I don't know, but I think his bike looks better than Bronson's. Um a lot of the races and maybe it's just I don't know, chassis or whatever, but um yeah, I mean looking down the list, Jesse finished sixth, but Bromley was seventh, Davis eighth, Pearson ninth, and then you had Bronson in tenth on his XG, and they struggled a little bit. Um Rispoli beat Shayna price pegram so yeah no I, I don't know i mean it was nothing really crazy um brandon price rode my my personal cnj yamaha not the one i rode at lima i have a practice bike that is very very similar to the gng bikes minus um as far as the chassis goes the motor package is a little different but not too much uh so he was on my my personal bike and he looked good on it all day um we had a little issue there with something electrical at the end but yeah, no, nothing crazy, honestly. Uh, JD actually had a. I read he and I noticed it riding. He was like fifth or sixth, uh, and he had he he hit his foot, and I think he like hurt his foot a little bit. He I talked to him. He said he's good. He'll be fine for Peoria, but I know he struggled with that a little bit. So um, yeah, I knew something something happened to him. Yeah, so really good, really good Super Twins main event. I was obviously like I mentioned, really excited to see. Briar get the win. Um, and yeah, I mean, people like that people are, you know, they're discussing the rules and, oh, you know, it's the Indian, you know, they swept the podium, but it, we'd have to go back and compare times to last year. I know the track's different too. So that's not even a feasible thing, but I mean, the bikes aren't, they it's, they're, they're dealing with a lot. Like those Indians are not, they're not close to where they were last year and overcoming what they're doing and still winning. I think it says more about how they're riding than, you know, the closeness in the bikes, like they're riding really well. Um, and so are Dallas and JD, like people want to just discredit, you know, them because of the rules, but I know like I'm watching them ride the bikes and they're riding good. So that's not to say the bike is better. Obviously it looks a lot better this year, but the, everybody is still riding these bikes. Um, so you can't just go off of the results when, um, if I'm AFT and I'm, you know, watching this, you, you really got to dig deeper than just looking at these results and looking at the data and making that making the rules packages more fair for next year. Cause right now it's, it's not fair. Um, it's not fair to each other and it's definitely not fair if they're going to combine these classes and have these production twin privateer guys out there. Um, cause I feel like my bike is way off of what we were last year. Um, you know what I mean? So that's something we can talk about in the future. There's a lot to discuss moving forward for next year. Um, but man, they got a tall order ahead of them trying to figure out what they're going to do next year in these class and the, on this twins class. Yeah. I hope they, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not in their board meetings or whatever they do, but man, I'd, if they are listening, man, I please, please, please try and get some information out to the teams, like you know what we're, we're what they're gonna do, because uh, you know I know it seems like oh well we don't need to release it till it's all ready, but man, it'd be nice to know something like what route we're taking, because I mean have we we haven't even seen still at least to my knowledge an official document of some sort that says you know 
we are combining production and super twins for next year. I think it's been speculated pretty heavily. Um, but I mean, you know, is it, is it actually confirmed anywhere that you've seen? Uh, no, I haven't seen it confirmed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so that's pretty, like, it's well knowledge kind of, um, but it's just naive for people, the fans, the series to think, you know, I've seen it in some comments like, Oh, we're going to combine the classes and we're just going to add the brighter count in each class. And boom, there you have it. It's like, dude, no, like it's, like a lot of these guys, they don't have the equipment. And that's been my biggest thing is we just don't have the equipment or the budget to run with the super twins rules package right now. Like we're not doing traction control. We're not doing twingled engines. We're not like, there's so much stuff that it's just a cost effective thing. And, you know, I have no, I'm just, I'm not, I try to be non-biased in everything I, I, I do honestly in this sport. Like, I try to be non-biased and I want the sport to grow. Um, nobody fucking ask, nobody asked me my opinion from, from AFT and then that's fine. Like whatever, um, they're going to do what they're going to do. But I honestly think that the only way to make this successful in this twins class is to run as production based equipment as possible. I think it needs to be fair. You need to get these privateers out of bed, going to the races, thinking they can compete. Um, I would try to mimic, the stock 1000 structure that they have in Moto America, like cost efficient, you know, um, spec tires important, you know, just keep the CCs as close as possible right now. I, I hate the fact that some guys run 900s and some run seven fifties and some run seven hundreds. And, you know, there's probably a lot of races where I'm on a 700 and there's other brands, you know, on nine hundreds or eight nineties or whatever they are. So I just think we need to be, we need to level the playing field to where it's a cost-effective move for everybody to get competitive so we can grow these rider counts. Because of, aside from what people think, we need more riders. Like, it's it's not good that we have, um, to a certain extent, quality over quantity, but you still need a little bit of quantity, and we just don't have that right now. Well, let me just ask you point blank then. So let's go down the list real quick. Real, real quick, because I know we're already been we're dragging on, but uh, I'm assuming that you're saying that uh, the 750 Indian has to go if it was yours rule package. Because if it's so, then I, I have another quick follow up question. No, you and did I say production. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I think, and that's a tough one for me. I, I hate the I I hate the fact that we restricted those bikes. Like, I think the last thing we needed to do was restrict them. I think there's other things we could have done, but man, we restricted them. We took away their heavy wheels. We took away their flywheels. We, we took so much away from that bike and Indian only did what they were allowed to do. So it's not like they broke the rules. Like AFD. No, no, I'm not they, saying that. No, no, I, but just... I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have to sit down and figure that out. I'm not, I don't get paid to figure that out. If I got paid to figure it out. Yeah. I would sit down and I'd come up with a game plan. Um, I did say production based bikes, so I think if I was Indian motorcycle, I would try, I would support the sport. I would do what I can that, cause they love, they love racing motorcycles like Gary Gray and the whole Indian motorcycle brand. It's such a cool brand. Cause they're actually involved at the track. Like they come yeah, to the races. They, yep, it's way I different than, and I hate the hammer Harley cause I grew up a Harley kid, but man, it's not the same. Like that brand is not the same as it used to be. And the passion is just not there. Like they look at things from a budget standpoint and 
how is it helping us where Indian motorcycle, they love racing. So they're going to stay involved just because the brand is genuine, but I don't know from a, um, an equipment standpoint, what makes sense. I do know that to get more riders, we need, we need a lot more riders that feel they're capable of winning, capable of finishing top three. Um, when I was on my CTR Kawasaki twin back in 2016, I felt like I could win those races if I rode my best and I never won, but I finished on the podium out of my rusty van with my own twin that I maintained throughout the week. And I was, you know, finishing. Uh, third you mean of, that Shana maintained in out actually, of her pink well, Justin Bender, shout out to Justin Bender. And, but basically like <laughs> my program, I know what you mean. it was a very loose program and we had two podiums with 40 riders at, you know, I think there was like 45 riders at Springfield. I got, I almost won that thing. So no, yeah, we, and, and need, I, I, we need that hope sorry. again. No, go ahead, bud. Yeah. No, I was saying, I, I completely agree with you. I, I don't, I wish it was as simple as well. Indian's going to just use this engine now and put it in a frame. Boom. You know, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be that simple. My whole, my only concern, you know, again, I'm also not getting paid to figure this out, but these are questions I'd be asking is that what do we tell these Let's see, one, two, three. There's the last race. There was eight Indians in the main event. Um, obviously, you know, not being rude, but Jared, guy like Briar, they're going to be all right. You know, B. Rob probably has a Cali he could ride, whatever, whatever. But you know, I worry about the Davis Fishers. I remember specifically him selling and raising funds his Cali twin so he could you know buy an Indian. Um, you know, the Bugs Pearson. You know, he's riding somebody else's Indian. They that, take that right away. I know he's got a personal xr 750 um you know what does shana do what does pegram do you know these i don't know just just a frustrating thing i do like what i'm seeing out of this ktm from rispoli and um, obviously wally brown um there shows like you said a lot of promise but still you know his best was 11th in the main behind you know one two three like six indians um so yeah i mean we could go on there's there's so much that i like i have I have in my mind and I have on paper things that I think would work. Um, but I'm not, you know, it's, it's not I'm my, it's not like I'm making these calls. So I, I honestly, that's, that's kind of how I feel. I think I don't like any, I don't like any special electronics in flat track. Like I just don't think there's a place for it. And I think going the way with stock ECUs going the way with production based spec, tire spec you know not spec wheel but like just keeping things simple and giving let the best rider win these races and it's it's just it's getting worse every year and even in production twins and super twin like it's it's yeah i just want to see more more diversity in the results um and there's ways we can go about doing that so i'm i'm we just need to look at things from a non-biased like, I don't even, no one's ever reached out. I don't think to my team at all regarding the rules packages from AFT. Like they reach out to these big teams and they get their opinion. Obviously everybody has their own agenda. Like one team wants it done their way. Cause that's going to benefit them the best. You look at another team. Well, they want it done this way. Cause that's going to benefit them. Like everybody's got their own agenda when looking at these rule packages and AFT needs to just, they need to make a decision and not be swayed from any direction that's not what they think is going to best help the sport. Um, Fair. And you look at Moto America um, and they wouldn't, I'm sure maybe people want to argue about it or whatever, but they're, it's not like they would be sweet. Like I know there's rules packages that they've 
gone through that teams have just sat out. They're like, well, we're not doing it. They're like, well, this is the best direction we're going with for the sport. So we want you involved, but we got to look at things that, you know, is best fitted for, for what they're doing. And um, yeah. So anyway, it's, and there's, that's just a very broad discussion. Like I don't have any inside, honestly, I, my inside knowledge is pretty fucking bad for, for how much involved I'm in, in like different aspects of this. I don't have a ton of inside knowledge because I'm just focused on what I'm doing, but that's just looking broadly at what I think we can do. Um, and that's just, that's just a tip of the paper. <laughs> like I, there's a lot of things, but we'll, we'll talk in future pods. Um, I know we got off the, the Port Royal rewind a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> as so, we always do, we yeah, can't as, keep track. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, not much else to talk about Port Royal. Appreciate all the fans are coming out. We have a weekend off and then we head to Peoria and I'm doing that whole West coast trip. Um, I'm loading Cruz's bike up his PW, uh, maybe his Cobra. I got to see how much room I have, but we're going to take his bikes in the van and I'm driving Peoria. I'm doing South Dakota. I'm doing Washington and then SAC. Uh, so I'm going to be on the road, but I'm going to bring my laptop. We're going to do pods. Uh, we can't go that long without doing a pod. So we'll try and do one every week. We'll keep it going. This is, it's tough to do. Like it's tough to pin Rob down. Cause you're a busy guy. It's it's I'm busy. And then our editor, Billy, he's, he's busy. Like we're all busy. So to make this happen is, is challenging. So it's definitely appreciated you guys tuning in and yeah, Rob, thanks again for, for, for you coming on as well. It's uh it's appreciated. Your insight is, you know, we give each other a lot of shit, dude, but it's at the end of the day, you're my guy and I appreciate you helping me out with this. Yes, sir. Time, so look forward to it, buddy. All right. Well, y'all be good. All right, man. I'll chat you later. Yep. I'll take it easy. Bye. All right. I want to give a quick shout out to, again to our sponsors that make this show happen week in and week out without their support. It wouldn't be possible and appreciate their patience as well with the, the lack of pods. Every single one of these companies has been understanding and yeah, just uh, show them some love, man. They're, they're not in this for the wrong reasons. They genuinely support this effort that we're doing. So mission foods, the whole crew of mission foods, everything they're doing is just, it's, it's not talked about enough for not just flat track, but across the motorcycle industry, like road racing and just everything they're doing the car racing and supporting supporting motorcycle racing it's really cool to see if you can support mission foods at your local grocery store grab some tortilla shells grab some tortilla chips order online whatever you got to do to support those that support us it's definitely appreciated so mission foods thank you again bell power sports check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products it's the helmet I wear. I've worn for a few years. It's a helmet that Briar Bauman wears, Jared Meese wears, um, Dalton Gautier wears. Or, no, I don't know if Dalton's still Bell. Huh? I I don't know exactly who's all in Bell, but they need to be in Bell. It's uh, Check the safety ratings. Check out their helmets. Try one on. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. I'm going to do some research on who the hell is wearing Bell these days. I know, I know the crew around me. Uh, there's a lot of people that that are wearing bells and it's growing every year. So appreciate bell Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing. The new Yamaha 2023 trail motorcycles have been announced. The TTR 50, the TTR 110, the 125 and the TTR 230. Also my favorite bike, the P dub 50, check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side snowmobile and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. 
Indian motorcycle since 1901, Indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. Incredible lineup of street cruisers. Check them out at your local dealership. Scout Bobber, Scout 60, Chief, Challenger, Roadmaster, big supporter of American Flat Track, Moto America, Super Hooligan Racing, and much, much more. Uh, yeah, big shout to any motorcycle just for supporting what we have going on here at the podcast. Moto America, they got Brainerd, Minnesota up on the schedule. Make sure you go check them out. If you can be in the area, go attend the race. If not, the Live Plus package. We gave away some Live Plus packages on our previous show. We'd like to do some more of those in the near future. Make sure you go on and follow uh, Moto America on social media. They do a really good job with their videos and their content. The sport is growing. The rider talent is incredible. All the classes, like the Twins Cup even, is stacked with top-of-the-line riders these days. Like Every class is is fun to watch for me. Uh, Obviously, Superbike as well. Super Sport, Stock 1000, Twins Cup, Junior Cup. Uh, they're doing a lot of really cool things. King of the Baggers and Super Hooligan, BTR, they have it going on. So make sure you follow them. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. Check out their website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. 19-inch and 17-inch flat track tires. They love the sport of flat track. They're committed fully to growing it, promoting it on their channels, supporting the sport with tires. Um, they also have off-road street tires, anything you need for your motorcycle, hit up Dunlop, get dialed in. They got all the rubbers you need for your steeds. Jerry Stinchfield Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Check out his website at commercialroofsystems.net. Jerry is keeping us going, keeping the sport going. Guys like him is without him, we, it would hit the sport would fall off quick. So shout out to Jerry. We appreciate you. Manscaped support for tank slap and podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Actually pretty thankful Rob dipped off before we had to talk about Manscaped because it kind of gives me nightmares when he talks about his Manscaped routine, but it is effective. It works. It's state-of-the-art technology in a trimmer. It prevents nicks, snags. Your lady will be stoked. They actually, man, they have a flashlight. Just dial it up. Check out the performance package 4.0. Use the code TANKSLAP20 to save 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Again, the code is TANKSLAP20. We've had a lot of people use this code and huge shout out to those that have have used it and supported those who support us. So not much else going on. It's been an emotional couple of weeks. We're going to fire up this pod and keep it growing. It's uh, I've always kind of kind of mentored Ryan into uh hard work. It's, you can't match hard work. And that's kind of, i went through some old, I scrolled through some of me and Varnes's old, old messages from all the way back to 2012. And, uh, I, I used to be like super motivational for him. And I was looking at that last night and I'm like, all right, like I need to take my advice. I, I used to give him and, and just grind this out and keep it going. That's uh, it's definitely what he would want. So appreciate everybody for reaching out keep the Varnes family in your prayers and thoughts as well as his girlfriend, Jen and, and her family as well. So that's a wrap. That's all I got. Port Royal Rewind. Appreciate you guys. Subscribe, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, follow us on social media. We out.